Good Friday evening, everyone, and welcome to the Friday night, a rare Friday night Joe and Joe weather show brought to you by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini, your complete holiday lighting specialist, meeting all your decorating needs. And we are but 25 plus 25, 50 days, 50 days till Christmas. So as I've always said, once you get to past Halloween, it's a sprint. And the folks are busy, but they got plenty of stock for those of you who are in the holiday lighting decorating business, uh, decorating other people's homes, or maybe you might be interested in having your home decorated. They're at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York. And there's your countdown clock if you want that uh, on your front lawn. And of course, uh, Santa, your tree decorated wonderfully, snowmen standing on their shoulders there, and of course, the elves are always busy during the holiday season. And uh, the uh, telephone number is 631-957-5106, and the website is liholidaylighting.com. And then you can just sashay over, uh, yes, sashay over to Omni True Value Hardware, because they're just about a mile or so away at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York, and get your rock salt as uh, supplies are short, prices are high, but Omni has the lowest prices anywhere in the tri-state, New York City tri-state area and beyond, and they've got plenty of supply. Not only do they have rock salt, but they have Pelido, Mag, Ice Pellets and Flakes, the best snow, melting pro melt, snow melt and ice melt products around, and of course, anything else you need with regards to getting you through this coming winter. Don't wait until a snowstorm or the ice storm happens, because you know there's going to be a shortage of this stuff. Uh, 631-756-1125. Uh, they've got the best prices in town, and the website is omnitruevalue.com. So a rare Friday night indeed, Mr. Rayo. We usually take Fridays and Saturdays off, but um, being that... I had to take Tuesday and Wednesday off. We figured, why not? Let's do a Friday night show. And after all, I had I, nothing, a, I, I had nothing planned. I have a question. Yes. Does, uh, wholesale holiday lighting by Giannini, do they have anything for Festivus? Uh, I believe they do. I believe they do. You know, head over and head down to uh, 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York, or call them at 631-957-5106, or you could just go to the website, Joe, which is liholidaylighting.com. <laughs> I think I will. Aimless. Maybe they got, you know, I, you know, I, I personally would like to celebrate Festivus with the, with the, with the, with the pole and uh, the feats of strength. That kind of stuff. Um, I do have a T-shirt that says a Festivus for the rest of us. Right. But uh, I'm just curious. I was curious to see whether or not they – because that, that, that mythical holiday, which got its start on the TV show Seinfeld, has slowly but surely over the years been gathering strength, gathering momentum. And now I've seen more than a few people driving around during Christmas time with you know a Festivus for the rest of us or – you know, just symbols of of the Festivus holiday. Right, and, and you know, they, they when I when I worked in Manhattan at WPIX around this time, around the time of Festivus, uh, you'd you'd see them 
uh, you'd see the folks celebrating by hopping from one neighborhood bar to the other. <laughs> that, that's right. just what that's right. all. That's all. That's all they did all night. Uh, you know, you just reminded me that was one of, actually one of the funnier things that happened to me. I always worked uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It was a double shift, and if it fell over a weekend, <clears throat> where New Year's Eve was on a Sunday, uh, and and uh, what I New Year's Day on a Monday, which I think I have, I think it happened once, uh, but uh, or even during the week because I would be usually filling in at that time. So. I, I would do the the, the ten o'clock newscast, and then I'd have to be back at four in the morning to get into makeup. So I would stay at a hotel, and it was one of the fun, the funniest things. Uh, I, I I leave my hotel, and it's just a block on the next block on the other side. Yeah, I basically just had to cross the street and walk down the hill and go into the building. So I'm, I get to Second Avenue, and I'm waiting at the traffic light, and and. It's three o'clock or three thirty in the morning. These taxi cabs are screaming down. One comes to a, a short stop right at the corner. The door flips open, and this woman falls out backwards and vomits all over the floor. <laughs> just, just, just vomits right there. It, it, the whole image of it, because I really, as far as as far as I'm concerned, I have. I have no use for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I never liked it. I never enjoyed the, that holiday. Uh, I, I don't drink. You know, I have occasional glass of wine, although the other day I had more than one glass. But um, that's another story. But uh, so it was never a celebratory thing. I, I actually didn't mind working. Uh, it was uh, it was easy money. But, you know, watching what some people do to themselves on New Year's Eve is just really preposterous. It's like you do this to yourself on purpose. So you could just, you know, and even you, they, yeah, and you just fall. They use that as the. You, you just fall out of a cab in the middle of a of a busy thoroughfare, and on New Year's Eve at three at two, at three thirty four o'clock in the morning, usually there's, you know, very few cars, but it just happened that you know it's New Year's Eve, so there's there was quite a bit of traffic, and there she was, she just fell out backwards and then just vomited all over the floor, all over the street. <laughs> One of the one, oh, one of those wonderful things about uh, one of those wonderful advantages about being in Manhattan uh, during the holidays, you get to see people behave very badly. I hear voices. I'm hearing voices. I'm, voices. I'm looking. The the executive producer has entered the studio. Yes, I know. And I'm she's on the, <laughs> and she's on the phone right now, and I'd like to know why. Oh. Oh, awesome. And, uh, if you Wait a could, minute. If you could please, um, Joe Chiaffi, uh, please send Lonnie Quinn a Zoom link. He will join you. Right now? Right now? Right now? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Right now? Um, would you believe uh, that? Okay, so... No, I so Joe said. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Email, email I, me. I'm willing to talk two people. Ignore her. <laughs> Joe, quiet for a second. I I have to live with her. I know. I understand. I only have to deal with you. I only have to deal with you one hour, one hour a day. A week a day. So ask Joe Chiaffi to send Lonnie a Zoom link. Okay. Of course, he needs a 
his email address, so you will have to send that to him. Yes, yeah, so I will send. I will send. E I will send. I will send. Gmail me the Gmail me the uh, email address. Yes, and I will do that right now. So just just keep talking. Okay. Uh, well, I so this it. is very exciting, folks. None of this was planned, by the way. Those of you who are watching tonight, none of this was planned. Uh, this is no. you know television on the fly. Oh my God, this is so exciting. This is exciting. This um, is very exciting. Right, so I'm going to send. All right. All right. I was going to tell you the story, since you brought up New Year's Eve, I was going to tell you the story about the one time I got into a big brouhaha with the assistant news director at News 12. Um, so I'm going to send, obviously I'm not going to tell anybody Joe Chiappi's thing, uh, email. Well, mine's out there anyway, so, you know. All right, hang on. Uh, I guess he wants to tell the world about this. And I honestly thought, and, and, and really, and Joe, back me up on this. To, uh, the last 24 hours, I told you this, is, this was not happening. This was not. This yeah, was not no, this is all, past. this is live, folks. This is, you know, this is all happening. None of this is, was planned. And yeah, it, uh, it didn't look good. And now all of a sudden, <clears throat> yes. So maybe that Good Morning America thing was a good good thing. That that might have been that might have been the thing that lit the fire. I think. Uh, um, so anyway, um, yeah. So I just sent it to you. Okay. Um, let me let me before anything else happens. I want to do this story very quickly. Go ahead. I can I, I can. I, when I was working time. when I was working at News Twelve Westchester, and like you, Joe, I used to put in for Christmas week. I know you used to do the same thing. Take off the entire week, Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, New Year's Eve. You take that whole week off. And I did that for several years. And then we had a brand new guy come in as the assistant news director. And he says, he calls me into his office and he says, I understand you want New Year's Eve off. And I said, yeah, I, I put in for it every year. I always get it. He said, well, I'm sorry to say you're not getting it this year. And I said, why? And he says, because of New Year's Eve, uh, because of the ball drop. Now, all of a sudden, a surge of excitement goes through my body because I'm thinking that they're going to ask me to go down to Times Square and cover the ball drop for News 12, which, I, which by the way, was a secret ambition of mine. I always wanted to go down to Times Square. I watched Ben Grauer and Dick Clark and all the guys who did that over the years, and I always said, I'd love to be able to do that just once, just once. Not figuring I'm going to Times Square. I said, you mean I'm going to Times Square? And he said, no, you're not going to Times Square. I'm talking about the ball drop in White Plains. In Westchester <laughs> County, they drop, they do drop a ball yeah, in White Plains. A Spalding. So I'm saying, so, I'm saying I said, so, you're telling, so you're telling me you want me to go to White Plains to cover the ball drop? He says, no, you're staying here in the studio. I said, well, Stan, if, you, if, if that be the case, why am I staying here? On New Year's Eve, if you're if I'm not covering the ball drop live and in person, right? He said, "Well, I have this great idea." He said, "The great idea is this: we're going to have one of our reporters cover the ball drop, go down. It'll be midnight, people hugging and kissing, and thing. And about a 30 seconds after that happens, she is going to say, "Well, that's that's how we've rung in the new year. And now to give you the very first weather forecast for whatever the year it was, 2005 oh. or whatever, 
is that the, your very first forecast, here is Joe Rayos in our weather center. And I'm standing, I said, Stan, is that why I'm staying? That you're going to make me? He said, yeah, it'd be great. You'll be the first one to do a forecast. I said, Stan, I think that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of in my life. And <laughs> we got into it. We, we jawed. Let's, let's put it that way. And finally he says, look, he says, you're working New Year's Eve. I'm sorry if I'm taking you away from something, but you're going to work here. You're going to do it. That's fine. Get out. And I did. Come that night. Come that night. Sure enough, we do the ball drop. And uh, I think it was Lisa Reyes, our reporter, who was at Times Square uh, uh, at the White Plains. The ball drops, all Lang Syne, people hugging, kissing, screaming, yay. And 30 seconds later, she says, all right, all right. Well, happy new year to you all. And now let's get your very first weather forecast of the new year. Here's meteorologist Joe Rayo at the News 12 Weather Center. They throw it to me and I'm sit, I'm standing there like this. I'm just standing. I'm standing there, right? And then I look at my wristwatch like this, and in my earpiece, in my IFB, I'm hearing the, the producer in the uh, control room yelling, Joe, Joe, you're on, you're on. I knew damn well I was on. I knew it. I could see myself on the uh, camera screen there. Right. And I just looked, I looked at the camera, straight at the camera, and I said, if any of you were watching me right now at this very moment, it means your New Year's Eve party was probably a flop. <laughs> yes, it probably and does. I, I did a, I did the forecast. I I said I threw it back to whomever. I think back to White Plains. Run into the weather center, and now the phone is ringing. The red light is flashing. I know who that is watching from his house. <laughs> I know it was the dear assistant news director who had a few words for me, and I just threw on my jacket got my briefcase, continued to look at the flashing light and the ringing phone and said, Happy New Year, Stan. <laughs> and out I went. <laughs> hmm. and, you, and you think it's fun do, being on television sometimes, right? Oh, <laughs> I, I, we, we both can tell. We, go, we both can tell stories. I, I, I can tell you this. Uh, the, uh, on the nights where I wasn't filling in the next day, uh, I loved uh, working New Year's Eve, if only because... When the show ended, it was the best time to drive. There's nobody. Oh yeah. Nobody is on the road nobody. between ele between 11 p.m. until way past midnight. Because people would say to me, "Oh, you know, they, it's New Year's Eve. Uh, you're going to be out with drunk drivers." Not at that time. It's the easiest drive ever. I used to get. I, I would get home in like, and I'm not a speeder. Uh, but I would do between 65 and 70 all the way home. And I, I got, um, which technically is above the speed limit, but I'm friends with every Long Island cop or was or still or right. st still am. Uh, so I had 65 to 70 and I'd be home in like 50 minutes. It would be it was the easiest, yeah. easiest drive. So now, honestly, honestly, Joe, tell the truth now. How many times were you stopped by a cop who recognized you and said, all right, Joe, Go, go a little slower next time and didn't give you a Honestly, I, I have, you yeah. know, knock on wood, uh, I have not gotten, the last speeding ticket I got was in uh, September of 1989. Well, oh, yeah, I'm trying to, no, September of 88. <laughs> I was on my way into News 12 at 3.30 in the morning. 
and I got pulled over in Islandia for doing um, 71, um, 71 in a 55. And anyway, uh, it was ridiculous. I was on my way to work. And it's just, but Islandia was known for stopping people. You know, they would stop you do at 56 doing, you know, if you were at 56 doing a 55. Uh, so the, funny, the funniest thing that ever happened to me, not the, and it wasn't funny at the time to me. I'm, I'm driving to work. I'm on the Taconic Parkway. And then I, uh, as, as I'm driving along, I'm in the left-hand lane. And I notice in my rearview mirror that there's a highway uh, trooper, state trooper behind me. And, of course, when you see that, you say, I'm getting out of the way of this guy, and I shipped over into the center lane. Well, as soon as I shifted over into the center lane, he shifted over into the center lane. And I said, what the hell's going on here? Uh, you know, you know I, I, I didn't – I was very confused. Now it's coming to the exit for the Sawmill Parkway. And so I said, well, my, here's my exit. So I go over to the right lane, get ready to exit. As soon as I make the, the, the shift into the right lane to exit, on come the red lights, the strobes and everything else, and I get pulled over. And the, the guy, the, the trooper comes up to me and he says, uh, license and registration. And as he's saying this, he's looking, he's, he's like surveying my car. I was driving my red uh, Mercury minivan at the time. And he's looking and looking. I give him my cards and he walks back and he, then he comes back quickly, like 20 seconds later, gives it back to me and he says, he says, are you Joe Rayo? I said, yeah, I am. You, you, you saw my license or whatever like that. There's no, are you the guy on News 12? I said, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm going to work right now. He said, son of a gun. He said, how do you like that? All of a sudden, at this moment, three or four other state troopers are coming, and all, they're all surrounding us now. And I said, I Good. said, officer, can I ask what's going on here? Well, and he tells me that they had a bank robbery just like 15 or 20 minutes earlier, oh. I believe it, I believe it was in, in uh, Ossining or whatever, and the guy who was in the getaway car, the guy who got, got away, was driving a red Mercury minivan. And yeah. obviously they're on the lookout for, the mini, for a red minivan. Red minivan. They, they, he sees me, and he stops me. And the funny thing is now all these other guys are coming out of their cars, and he says, hey, come over here. Look who I just pulled over. You jumped in there, Lonnie. Oh, my goodness. Lonnie, you, you, know you jumped you know in what? there in the middle of his prison story. So, you know, you got to hear that. <laughs> Wait a minute. With Lonnie, with Lonnie Wait, I've got to roll my oh, sleeves up oh, now. Oh, me too. we no, got to no, no. do the sleeve thing. <laughs> oh, oh look, look at you guys. Yeah. yeah minor, Joe, minor Velcro. They just sort of pull Yeah, I would off, think. But, uh, guys. <laughs> I, fact, with, a I jumping in. with a label, of course. Listen, of course. <laughs> of course. But, but, Joe, between the two Joes out there, I'm, I'm huge fans. I've been fans for a long time. And Thank this you. Is a, this, is a huge, this is a huge honor for me to jump on here with uh, you guys. Listen. Huge. Oh, I, knew, I, you know, I knew eventually they'd crack and, and let you come on the show. <laughs> That's exactly... <laughs> I, I, some, I somehow got through... Uh, uh, your uh, executive producer Renata. I mean, somehow I got. Oh, she's vicious. Isn't she vicious? I mean, she really. Well, she's... You know, look, I don't want to go with. <laughs> yeah, that's an it's, that's an aggressive word. Um... <laughs> well, yeah, was, uh... you... so Lonnie, I had I had yep. just about before we went on the air tonight. I told Joe, I said, uh, 
I don't think this is happening with uh, CBS because uh, I hadn't heard from you. I hadn't heard from you, and I hadn't heard from from uh, the folks over at the cruise line. And and uh, at the same time, this morning, my sister's calling me up and saying, "Turn on Good Morning America! Turn on Good Morning America!" They're sending, they're sending their chief meteorologist to Antarctica uh, next week. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if that was uh, any part of the 11th hour thing, but literally, Joe, I, I called up and I had a great conversation with, with Renata, but I, I literally was just given like the, 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 the touchdown sign uh, about, about 20 minutes ago. All right, we got everything done. Wow. Now I've got to do. Now I've got to do that hellacious checklist of things to get oh, through the Chilean government. Dear me. Well, you can call over the weekend, and we'll talk you through it if you have any problems. <laughs> I, Joe, I, I know I'm going to end up doing that because I, I know you guys sat down initially to do it, and you struck out. Well, we struck right? out innumerable times, but each time we yeah. struck out, each time we struck out, we made a list of all right, let's not do this again, let's not do that again. <laughs> but finally, yep. after about two hours, we finally went all the way straight through. For, for those of you who are wondering, in order to get into Chile, uh, you have to go through a COVID checklist, uh, a medical checklist or whatever. But the website is so arcane and it, you could step into God, God, I, I, I call them rabbit holes. And each time we did, we had to stop and go all over and do it all over again. And one time we got Lonnie as far as like 90% through. And I said, okay, here we go. We're going to finally finish this. Right. And stepped into another rabbit hole, and no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Well, Joe, this is for for me on this end. Sometimes you got to be careful about what you wish for, right? Because I think this is a trip of a lifetime, right? I really do. It's an experience of a lifetime. You're, you're going to, uh, you know, the bottom of the earth that probably on the planet right now. I'm not talking throughout history, but on the planet right now. Maybe 10,000 people in the population have been there, okay? It's not a big population that have gone to Antarctica. So it's pretty cool. But we're trying to get this thing here in line at CBS News. And, you know, there's just a lot of red tape to go through, a lot. Well, once we finally got to the point that it looked like it was going to happen, which was just yesterday, Joe, every venue that you can imagine, I should say Joe, I should say Joe and Joe. Joe and uh, Joe. Joe and Joe. Every <laughs> Every venue, yeah, that, that you can imagine at CBS has now jumped on board. I'm talking CBS Sunday Morning wants a piece. Uh, Nora O'Donnell wants a piece. The Saturday Morning Show wants well, a piece. Well, make sure you run uh, for Nora. Uh, well, get get that piece on, on get that piece on on the network news. Got to have it. Well, and and I, I, listen, when I heard that Sunday Morning was interested, I mean, let's my, be real. My Here's favorite t- show. Well, Joe. Yeah, I love that show. We have got, and I'm with you guys as well. The whole world does, but we've got the the two biggies here. We've got 60 Minutes, and we've got Sunday Morning. And when Sunday Morning wants to to get something from you, that's that's pretty much like that's like being called up from the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Anytime you get to do something on a network level, it's very cool. Lonnie, the reason why on Sunday Morning we do our Joe and Joe show on Sunday, we call it Coffee with Joe and Joe. Originally, Joe had it scheduled for 10 o'clock in the morning, and I said, no, we can't do it at 10 o'clock. Why can't you do it at 10? I said, you're cutting into my viewing time. I always watch Sunday morning. I yeah. have to watch I have to watch my moment of nature at 10 Nature. <laughs> now, yeah. funny, story, funny story about the moment of nature, Joe, because there was a time where the, the show made a little bit of a transition into more content 
and less moment of nature. Like they trimmed moment of nature down at one point to about 20 seconds. Right. The viewers did not go for it. They did not right. like it. They like to let that bleed to, to breathe. You know, they want the length of that. And I agree. It it gets you, it finishes up on like a Zen moment. I love it. Yeah. I always like I, I always like some of the long, interesting pieces. And and in a way, sometimes the piece when you say it is gonna sound like a joke, but in reality, <laughs> the stuff is quite fascinating. I'll give you an example, because who would have known this? But um, I forgot her face is right in front of me. I can't remember the correspondent's name because I'm going to be 63 and I can barely remember mine. Uh, but uh, it was the uh, American cheese competition. Okay. Uh, and okay. it was up there in Wisconsin. And it was basically, mm -hmm. it was, it was people that would be making their own cheeses and they would go before judges and they, so it was about six minutes long, and I was glued to it because, for one thing, I love I'm Italian. I love cheese, but I mean, this is this is what I always loved about the show because they would they would take do stories about stuff that you would never see anywhere else, and if you did yep. see it as a kicker, it'd be like a minute fifteen or whatever it is. But they would yep. devote you know five yeah. six minutes, and they did a whole thing with the judges because they're eating so much cheese. It's like, well, how do you know? It's after a while, this the stuff start tasting yeah. the same. And apparently they drink half and half in between in between pieces of cheese that they're <laughs> tasting to get the taste out of their mouth. It's like, oh God. That's and, and yet somehow nobody was as big as a as, as a house <laughs> after after eating all that cheese yeah, and cream. Wow. But I don't know, but my point is it's those fascinating five six those fast those those fascinating stories that require a a, a long period of time to really get into yeah. it. And that's what I've always liked about the show. You know, there's not a whole I lot of news, but a lot of yeah. detail. We're all on that. We're all on that same page. That's, you know, when, when I was in journalism school, that's, that's long form reporting. We all want to do long form reporting because you really get into like what you love so much, the, the little, you know, the minutia, you, you get yeah. the, the, the subtleties of the story. It's great. I will dovetail off of that for a second, Joe, and tell you that I did a story a while back on not the international cheese competition, but you ready for this? The international ice cream competition. Oh, cool. And I happen to be a huge fan of a huge fan of ice cream. Oh, so am I. And get this. Have you ever made your own? The uh oh I, I yeah, man, we I used to make my own as a kid with when all the cousins would get together. I'm part of this big family, and you'd spend your time with the crank and the rock salt and everything right. And, right. and turning it that way. But listen to this: the international ice cream competition came down to one winner right all these people they're from they're from sweden they're from norway they're from switzerland they're from the u.s all over the place right the winner for the best vanilla and actually they won the best vanilla uh they won the best strawberry too but the winner was in connecticut you oh. gotta try this ice cream sometime it's called arethusa little small farm up there they do these little like sort of like mm -hmm. you know, uh just like a little little little, little a little they do small batch ice cream, but it won the international show, beating out the big boys, like the big players that you know, like like the Hagen the Men and Jerry's, things like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting story. I had a, uh, I got a KitchenAid mixer, and an ice cream, you know, an ice cream maker thing that goes in there. It's mm -hmm. basically a giant bowl, okay. um, and I, you know, I did it a few times, and it's a lot of work. I mean, it really is a lot of work wow. to do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was, 
It was about as chocolatey an ice cream as I think I've ever made, as I've ever had. <laughs> it was really good. So, um, all right. So, Mr. Rayo, so uh, we're going to Antarctica because I I was back in August. <clears throat> I got this email from the American Astronomical Society. Uh, one of one of the people who I have known for many many years is there. And uh, he said, hey, what are you doing for the eclipse in December? And I said, what are you, crazy? What are you kidding me? Because the eclipse in December, as I well was aware, was going to go over Antarctica. And who the heck goes to Antarctica? He says, yeah. well, he said, you may think Not it's me. crazy now, but I have, a prop I have a proposition for you. He said, there's a, there's a high-end cruise company in France. Uh, they are uh, going to go to the eclipse. As I might point out, they're not going to be the only ones. They're going to be about a dozen or maybe even more cruise ships that are going to attempt observations of the eclipse from in and around the area near Antarctica. And uh, he said this cruise line, this cruise ship, it holds about 250 people. He said about 200 of them are French, French-speaking, and they are going to be led by a gentleman by the name of Sergei Bernier who is the Carl Sagan of France and is highly known as a scientist and as a reporter uh, in, in Europe. Uh, you can mention his name even in the UK or uh, Germany when I think they all, oh yes, uh, Sergei. So he, he's, gonna be the, he's gonna be the honored guest on board. I said, okay, that sounds interesting. He says, yeah, but the problem here is they've got about 50 or 60 people on the ship who do not speak French Sergey is going to obviously take care of the French-speaking people, but they have nobody uh, to help the 50 or 60 English-speaking people. Uh, so in essence, they have contacted us, us being the American Astronomical Society, and said, do you know of anybody who might be able to help us, who might serve as a science-slash-space-slash-astronomy liaison, uh, who could work with them, talk with these people, interact with them during the two-week cruise, give several presentations during the cruise, and also perhaps help uh, the captain on board the, uh, the, the uh, cruise line, who will be yeah. attempting on eclipse day to position the ship properly based upon the best weather prospects. Do you know of anybody who can help us out? And the, uh, the guy from AAS, uh, uh, Rick Feinberg, says, I think I know the guy who can help you. <laughs> and, and when he contacted me, he said, look, he says, we, are you interested? And believe it or not, Lonnie and Joe, I actually said no initially. I said no. Yes, you I, did. He said why? I he said I said why why? And I said number one, ninety percent probability of cloud-filled skies. We probably will yeah. not see. We'll see the dramatic darkening as the shadow. Which, by the way, if you've never seen a total eclipse of the sun, even yeah, even that's going to be cool. Even that when it, when it's cloudy, you're just going to see this gigantic. It's going to be like watching a time-lapse of a severe thunderstorm without the lightning and thunder just moving over you and darkening the sky. You're going to see colors, Lonnie, on the clouds that you've never seen before, uh, lit up by the sun's chromosphere, the red uh, and orange chromospheric uh, light. So that, that in itself, but I'm not. you probably will not see the corona. There's a, always a chance, but we're not. So I told Rick, I said, so we're not going to see the corona. We're not going to see the sun probably. But number two, it, we're going to make two passages through the Drake Channel. Uh, yeah. the, or the Drake Passage, which, if you do any research, is one of the yeah. roughest on areas Earth. of ocean on Earth, on yeah. Earth. 
I mean, uh, as I said last night, we mentioned this with, uh, we talked about this, Joe and I, uh, Lonnie. I said, you remember the, the song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Of course, uh, Roger Whitaker. Uh-oh. Hang on. Oh, good Lord. I did not want this to happen. Oh. And, and, and Rick says to me, he says, look, I've been on several cruises down through the Drake Channel before. He said, so here's the deal. You get sick, or, sick for a day or two, but the rest of the time, you're going to be seeing amazing things. You're going to be visiting a place that very few people have gone to. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's going to be absolutely. And he, he said, the best part about it, he said, he said, Joe, look at this. He said, the eclipse is going to be the icing on the cake, but the cruise is going to be the cake. And I got to thinking <laughs> about it. I got to about thinking about it. And I said, you know, this might be more than just the eclipse. We could, we could yeah. look at climate change, global warming, uh, maybe calving of icebergs, interacting with uh, whales and penguins and, and seabirds. So I, I, I finally said, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll do it. I said, can I bring my wife? And the cruise line said, yeah, you could bring the, your wife along. And it, you, you, well, we, we'd love to have both of you there. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, and, that's, but, it's going to be great. But the thing is also is that the cruise line, that I had to send my CV to them uh, just to demonstrate, you know, uh, Rick, Rick played me up and it was wonderfully, the nice things he said about me. But they said, could we see a CV? Sent them my CV. They saw my, you know, uh, experience on television. They came back to me and says, it seems that uh, you have a great, you know, uh, experience. Public speaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't tell about television. She says, you've been on TV. I said, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a bit of an experience with television. <laughs> said, and he says, here's the deal. He says, we're looking. We're desperate for publicity. We want people in the United States to know about us. And uh, if, you can, if you can contact a television station in the New York area, especially, and tell them what we want to do, he says, we will offer to them a chance at this. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, give them a stateroom for uh, reporters and cameramen, and uh, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll pay their way down and pay their way back or whatever like that. So what, what do you think I did? The first thing I did after I heard that, Joe, <laughs> yeah. I, I I contacted uh, moi yeah, what? down down here. <laughs> what? Down there, actually, there I am. And actually, John Lonnie, you said that initially uh, CBS didn't seem. You said it was going to be a hard sell, and you didn't think that maybe it CBS was, would be interested. It was a little lukewarm, and the reason is, you know, you talked about how you know I know they made that pitch to you about how hey look we'll 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 pay their ways down and back. Well, uh, the legal practices of CBS Viacom doesn't allow for that, so. Then the numbers started to go way up, way, way, way up. And then you start bringing in cameramen uh, who are governed by these union regulations. And the day rate for them to be uh, away from home was just going to, it was going to, this was going to end up costing, you know, CBS $200,000. And it, uh, it just didn't, it wasn't, it, they, it, they were reluctant. They were reluctant, but. The thing is, once you get more and more programs interested, now it's not just the evening news with Nora O'Donnell. It's not just the Saturday morning show. It's not just CBS mornings. It's not just W. Now you're splitting the pie up right. and making those slices much more much more manageable for, for any one of those shows. And, you can, and, so, and, and the reality is they can sell it more. 
That's exactly. Yeah. So that's what it comes down to, right? Right. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. And listen to this, Joe. Joe and Joe, you guys will both get a get a kick out of this. I just had a meeting with our news director, and she's like, "All right, I want to think bigger. I want to think bigger than just you know having a presence on our shows, and we're going to go live." Well, then it was a wise decision. Bed. It was a wise decision to come on this show because you can't get oh, any. You're glad you cannot publicity. possibly get any publicity. bigger than this. You just can't. <laughs> you know what? Listen, listen, you guys. In my in my in my circle. Everybody knows about the Joe and Joe Weather Show, don't you think? Well, this is calculated I, on my I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I know thrilled, exactly I'm thrilled and I flattered. Am. Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled and flattered. Yeah, this is... oh, we, do, do, we do ebb and flow. And I, this, this upcoming week, Lonnie, as you, I did get a glimpse of your uh, evening newscast. I was doing a lot of stuff down here. But mm -hmm. obviously, everybody, and we'll, we'll tell everybody that it's going to be a very quiet week. Maybe no rain or showers until next Friday at the earliest. Right. And when we have, a, when we have periods like this, Right now we have 90 people watching, but if we had that February snowstorm of you know, coming on the way, Boom. multiply that 90 by tenfold, and we we have had sure. over a thousand people. You know, and, then, and, then, and then it gets watched on a replay. So if right. they don't, if they're not watching it live, I mean they'll be watching it overnight and into the next day. And, yeah. And then uh, you know this is but, also uh, uploaded as a podcast, so you can find the. the you can yeah. find the Joe and Joe Weather Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. You know, it's all there. So you know, you know, it's all cumulative. I'm hoping what this is doing for me, guys, is is cracking the ice with you because look, I, I'm not just blowing smoke at you. Oh no, everybody listen. in my weather show. Hey. Every, everybody knows about the Joe and Joe Weather Show. I want to come on when there's some great weather stuff to talk about. Oh, we'd well. love to have this. Just you. happens to be. Oh, no, it'll be it'll be. We'd fantastic. love to have you. Well, I actually, matter, you know, we've done a few shows where we've had multiple people on, and I, you know, I'd like to get the Brady Bunch boxes up here, you know, so to get Alice right. in the middle, and you know, no, but yeah. absolutely, you know, Mister Mister Brady, <clears throat> you know, I, I totally get the bureaucracy that you have to go through sometimes to do this sort of stuff, yeah. and uh, that's fine. I mean, you could just send me. Since you've got my email now, you can just email me on the fly on a given day and you say, "Listen, this you can you, you want to come on," and uh, I'll waive the I'll, I'll waive the makeup fee, I'll I'll waive the uh, the guest fee, and then a whole you know, you're really special, Lonnie. There's a whole list of fees. I'll waive them all. I, you know, I'm, I'll be big. I'll be big about nice. it. I'll just waive them all. <laughs> uh, but no, we, we you know good. We have a lot of fun. We try to have. You know, one of the things about doing the show for me, uh, and I'll be frank, um, is uh, the Joe's getting scared now. I'm getting frank. All right, um, <laughs> but uh, it's you know it started out as my you know it's it started out I was doing it solo, brought Joe in, and it worked you know from the get go. Uh, but in terms of the the broad perspective. We don't, I don't have a producer, we don't have producers screaming in our ears. We don't have somebody telling us what we can do, what we can't do, what we should say, what we shouldn't say. You know, it's a pretty much a free for all. No one is yelling rap. Okay. No one is yelling hard rap. <laughs> nor do we have to throw to a computer break. I mean, it basically, we could do what we want. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, you have a standing invite. You'd like to come on anytime. The next big storm that comes along. Oh. You've got the time to jump on. Um, you know, let me know if uh, if it's you know, let me know with a little time because I'd love to you know promo it, sure. put it up you know when I put up the posts oh, on Facebook great. and everything else. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Open invite, always there. Well, well, thank you guys very much. I don't know if you want to do a little a little tete-a-tete right now on the only real story that we had today and that anybody's really got in the Northeast is, is this storm around the peninsula of Florida. Florida, will it yeah. Mess with, will it mess with the, the marathon Sunday? Will it, will it be close at the shore? And, you know, you look at that high pressure that's just sort of building over the Tennessee Valley that gives us a beautiful day today. And it looks like it's going to be strong enough to muscle it out. And I, I, I took any raindrops I had off of my forecast. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I didn't have them in. It, it's, it ain't, it, except for high clouds, it should be, it should, it should be fine. Yep. I'm actually, <clears throat> I don't know if you realize this, but right now I'm actually uh, in my cabin in, in the North Georgia mountains. And are you really? Yes. Are you right uh, around Helen? Where are like? Uh, Helen, actually, Georgia? I'm not that far from Helen. I'm in Blairsville. Uh, so uh, okay. Helen's not that far from me. I'm about, I don't know if you know Blue Ridge, which is the big tourist area. Uh, I'm about, yeah, to, I do I, know. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm about 25 minutes north of Blue Ridge. Uh, I'm 2200. Wasn't, wasn't Helen, wasn't uh, Helen Andy Taylor's uh, yeah, uh, girlfriend? Yes, yes. Mayberry? He married her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always tell Joe, you know, I, I, I didn't get, I did have to go to Pixley today, Joe. I had to go to Pixley again because I, <laughs> I, I needed to, you know, there was some fresh cattle that I needed, and uh, fresh cattle <laughs> and, uh, took care of it. Yeah. But uh, I'm actually 2,200 feet up, and it does snow here. Uh, in fact, last sure you remember, if you remember back Christmas Eve last year when it was 70 degrees and thunderstorms, uh, they had about half a foot of snow here that night. And Christmas yeah. morning, they woke up with a beautiful, you know, half a foot plus of snow, white Christmas everywhere. Everybody yeah. said it was late. It was one of the it was like a picture post, totally like a picture postcard. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to see, I would like to see a, more, at least one snowfall uh, while I'm here during the winter months. Uh, I come back and, and how forth from time to time. Well, I actually yeah, moved, he's living there. I'm living here. I'm actually living here now. Uh, uh-huh. I, I come back and forth from time to time because my mom is still up in Scarsdale. Uh, so, uh, so I do make trips, me and my dog, uh, my dog, JJ, who does what he does every time we have the show is that he jumps on the bed and goes to sleep. And hopefully that's not what the audience is doing, but uh, <laughs> no matter the, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I bought, I got a nice cabin in the woods and you know, life is good wow. here. Life is very good here. It, no, stressless. Yeah, I, I, know, I know that area very well. I used to, I used to drive the blue Ridge parkway from Charlottesville, Virginia, going to Atlanta. And I always took that route because, you know, you're going through High Point, North Carolina. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's just a really beautiful Gorgeous. Drive. It's just gorgeous, yeah. The mountains here. Yeah. I have um, I have Brasstown Bald, which is the highest peak in Georgia, uh, like 20 minutes from me. It, it's almost, it's over, I think it's over 6,000 feet. And I, I've got up a couple of the other local mountains, uh, Mountain, Mountain Bell, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that was about that's about thirty three hundred feet. And as you're driving up, I mean, you're almost vertical in your vehicle. I mean, you literally the angle is like it's crazy. Plus, it's a one lane road, but it's actually a two way one lane road. So when a tr- when the truck yeah. is coming at you in the other direction, you basically have to hang your vehicle half off the side of the cliff there. Oh. Okay, so it's it's very yeah. it, it 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 it's it ain't easy. Uh, but the view no, from up not. there, the, the views, and as you drive up, there are signs that warn about the fact that in the wintertime, uh, snow and ice accumulate very rapidly as you as you start to gain, you yeah. know, gain even more elevation. 
Uh, but it is beautiful. Well, yeah, and you know, you know, it's interesting, Joe, that snow and ice that accumulates very rapidly. When you make that drive during the spring, which I've also done, you've got all these waterfalls that are like just spilling right yes. by the side of the road as you're driving along. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's not what people think. I mean, Joe and I, you know, we were, we were, we were basically having a contest to see who was going to get down to 41st and who would get down to 32 first. And I actually did it. I mean, I did it here before, before he did it. And this, this past summer where wow. I am, I never got to 90 degrees once. I got to 89 on one day, and that was it. And I even had we had I even had lows in the 50s here during the month of August. So it it was it was great? it was a lot more pleasant from a from a summer standpoint uh, than than I thought thought it thought it was going to be. Of course, if you go down mm -hmm. into town, if you go down into Hooterville, um, <clears throat> and you're standing on the black <laughs> and you're standing on the blacktop in Home Depot, you're going to fry. But uh, you know, yeah. you just I, I'm 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 literally on the side of a mountain, so it, it, it's it, it's really very nice. By the way, I did, I meant to ask you because it's it's coming up on eight seventeen, and we have no time limit. So let me know, you know, if you've got stuff uh, to do. You're right. You know, you lose well, we, track we, of time you know, we, on this show. A, uh, I can say, but you know what? It's just such a, a great little flow of a conversation. I will say, yeah, we do a, a live nine o'clock. Uh, Okay, so you know what? Show on CBSN. Let, let them know you're here and that you'll get you'll. They need to move it to nine thirty. It's that simple. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's just give me a second. Uh, Seriously, hey right? You I'm know, with Joe, I'm with Joe all and think, Joe on the weather show. Yeah, there, yeah. All, there, all things, all, all things. Seriously, Lonnie, uh, your your uh, colleague, your uh, weather producer there is, uh, and you make reference to him sometimes on the air, is Giorgio. And Giorgio actually went to school with a uh, with a person that we used to work with over at uh, Verizon FiOS uh, News, um, and you actually had as an intern Addison Green. I know Addison very very well. I helped helped Addison get his first position on air. Uh, Addison became a, a boy, just a, a dear friend, and I I, I worked with them because look, a lot of times you guys know with what we do for a living. If you've got the clearest message in your mind that you want to get across to the viewers about what's going to happen weather-wise, if you do not tell that story in an appropriate way and the message gets lost, what good is it? And Addison just had to fine-tune that and has become a real successful, real successful meteorologist. And I, I couldn't be more proud. Of him. Just got engaged. Yes, he did. Show? He just yes. got engaged. Yes. I used to bust. Yeah, I used to love yeah. bust. I, I I would always bust Addison's. Um, I don't know why they did this. I, I really don't. But for some reason, especially during the winter time, and then Joe discovered it when when he came on board at FiOS. But for some reason, when it came to winter time and when it came down to like putting out a snowfall forecast map, so they would wait for me to come in at two o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like, why are you waiting for me? I don't even have to pass judgment on what your forecasts are. Uh, you know, you do you do what you think is best. But of course, I, I being yeah. me, I have to turn it into a comic, comical event. And I, Addison will tell you, I would go up to him and I, Addison would show me the map. And I say, you know, Addison, that map is perfect. Now, here's what you need to change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, I, listen, I, I can only imagine being uh, an, an intern or or a newbie under, you know, Joe Shapiro or Joe under Rayo, me? and that, that's. Yeah, that, I'm saying. All I'm My, saying is, yeah, I man, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty daunting for any young person. Well, uh, I, I will tell you this. I will say, you know, first of all, um, I 
I don't know if you know, but you probably don't, but my first TV job was at WCBS TV back in 1979 uh, when I uh, had, you know, they had a, intern slash, I guess, assistant producer, whatever it was for, uh, yep. for weather. And I was working with Alan Casper at the time. Was that? Okay. That was with Alan Casper. Uh, and then somebody else came in after that. Uh, so <laughs> we'll talk privately one day. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, so I, yeah, I got my start I think, there. I think I know where this. I think I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go. go we'll go with it off camera one day because you know what? <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, I'm not one to gossip unless it's to save a soul or a conversation, and 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 let's leave it there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but there you go. I always, I mean, for me, the. Uh, and I guess if you talk to, if you were to talk to, I would hope if you talk to the people that, you know, interns that I had over the years, students or whatever, um, I always found it for me, it was my way of giving back. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and that was very important to me. And I, I'm, I'm, I had a very uneven career, okay, in television mm -hmm. for a whole host of reasons, which we could get into one day over a bottle of scotch. Uh, so <laughs> you're buying, and, and you and and you're buying. Um, so there you go. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but I, I, I've always that was that was really important to me, and I always got a thrill over the fact that a number of people that I, you know, helped over the years wound up at very good jobs and doing very well. And that's you know, bottom line for me yeah. is is that uh, the rest of it is the rest of it. I it's it it's um, you know, it, it's it it's noise. It really is noise. Yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 we're, we're cut from the same cloth. I, I, I pride myself on my interns all leaving here with a tape that will get them a job. I get them to that point, and a lot of them are, are just in really great markets right now doing wonderful work. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm proud of them all, and I also love the process. I love the process of working with them. Um, it, like you said, it, it's it's a part of your job that has such worth to it. You know, I yeah. mean, you're helping somebody's life. I loved it. Well, they, uh, and they now, all had the, the funny. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. You go. I've been talking too much. Anyway. Uh, well, I was just going to say I've I've I've, uh, I've done you know at News 12 a lot of stuff, and uh, in some cases I did news reports, news packages, weather packages. And like, mm -hmm. I, I almost like sweated blood and spent so much time on putting these things together. I got nominated eight times for an Emmy, never did get a statue. Meanwhile, here's Addison, who is the guy who provides the weather maps for CBS Sunday morning. So if you watch mm -hmm. the show, you'll see after uh, um, uh, Jane Pauley does the initial introductions, he said, and we'll be right back. Then the trumpets sound, up comes a weather yep. map of the United States followed by another weather map five seconds later. And because of the fact that Addison does that and is affiliated with CBS Sunday Morning, and mm -hmm. CBS Sunday Morning wins Emmys every time. They, every they, year. They get go, every year. So here, here's Addison with like five Emmys. And I said, <laughs> you got five Emmys? I said, that's incredible. He said, he's, and it's all because of those 10 seconds every week with, with Sunday Morning. And meanwhile, I'm going up flying in helicopters. I'm going this way. I'm going that way. We're, you know, lining up interviews, doing it. Eight, eight nominations. Zilt. Yeah. On the statue. Joe is the Joe is the Joe is the Thelma Ritter 
of of nominations. And every and every time I every time I talk to Addison, I say, "Is that you're shining up your Emmys?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. and 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 Joe Leo, those are those are all national Emmys that he has. Yes, those are all national. Right, their statues, their statues are a little bigger. Their statues are a little bigger than ours, aren't they, Lonnie? Yeah, yes, they are. They're, they're a little bigger than ours. <laughs> should I get mine, Joe? Hey. Should we? Should I get mine again? <laughs> No, I, honestly, and Lonnie, I, I not to cut in uh, to, to your territory because I think the stuff that you're going to do on this trip certainly may be worthy of maybe uh, national Emmy competition. But Listen. I said I said to Joe last night, if we could figure out a way to to get uh, you know a connection between down there and up here, we'll do the you know we'll do Joe and Joe maybe a couple of times from uh, from Antarctica, and then maybe Wouldn't we'll that use that to submit that. Submit that for next year. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell no, you, you're gonna, somebody's going to have to do a little camera work with their phone uh, while they're down there uh, in order to get some nice shots. I'm just kind of warning you, Joe. You know, you're not, you know, technology is, yes. you know, you have, a, you know, the, the technology yes. thing. So let's let the, <laughs> make sure you're you're okay with your iPhone. You know how to turn it on and all the rest of it. So just want to. You know, oh, just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Joe has a Joe, yeah, Joe. Joe has a flip, Joe for the longest time had a flip had a flip phone rotary phone, one of the only ones in existence. <laughs> a flip phone rotary. Yes. Oh, I have a picture even know of they it. They made those. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's hey, let me. You know what? You know what, Joe? You know what, Joe Rail put together that I think to this day is is one of the the, the sort of the greatest feats of tv as far as telling a weather story he got uh alaska airlines to alter its route in yes. order to fly basically basically right through the eclipse and that shot this is joe joe rail this is before you and i became really good friends uh but i saw that shot and i i think i want to give a shout out to abc was it abc that carried it show i remember seeing well, it on national ABC Good Morning America uh, Is that what, okay, yeah. was, was, was there and uh, met us at the airport. But they also had uh, their affiliate. The ABC affiliate was on board. The funny thing about okay. that was the funny thing about that was, was that it's, uh, the affiliate was in Seattle, Washington, and yeah. they got wind of what we were going to do with the, with the aircraft and diverted into the eclipse track. And they contacted uh, Alaska Airlines, whose corporate offices are also in Seattle. In Seattle. And and this was the day before the flight, and they said, we would like to put a camera crew on board with a reporter to cover this flight and to cover the story. And at first, Alaska Airlines said, oh, darn it. The, the, the flight is totally booked. Every, every seat has been taken. And that's when ABC, the ABC affiliate said, oh, well, okay, that's it. And that's when Alaska Airlines said, he said, but wait a minute, wait a minute. We can get a bigger plane. And lo and behold, they got a bigger plane with much cleaner windows <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 it was it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Joe, I, some of the, yeah, no, because I rem I, rem I remember seeing the the again. This is before you and I became friends, but I knew of you as the guy who was jumping up and down on the Alaska Airlines flight when you went into totality, right? And and I'm thinking to myself now that I now that I know that you know you and I become friends. You're the guy behind it. I'm like, how does a local meteorologist? On the in the Northeast, get a huge airlines to change their flight paths, 
which has a lot to do with burning of jet fuel, which is expensive as all get out. How do you go about doing that's that's a mammoth task to undertake. How do you, how do you make that happen? You make yourself a pest. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is that eclipse, that particular eclipse in 2016 was going to be visible primarily in Indonesia. And I know a lot of people who were not happy with the fact that they had to get out their passports, get mm-hmm. special shots to go to Indonesia. And, yep. you know, and then all of a sudden, I come up with a plan where you don't have to go to Indonesia. You don't even have to use your passport. What we did was we flew from New York, Renata and I, we flew from New York up to Seattle and then up to Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. We got on board this Anchorage, Alaska to Hawaii flight. And then as we were heading south toward Honolulu, we just made some, you know, little diversions here and there, little changes in the uh, in uh, the uh, flight plan. And that placed us. We also had to uh, we ha- we had to th- this was the stumbling block. Initially, I told Alaska Airlines in order to do this, you have to delay the flight by 30 minutes. And they one one or two guys at Alaska Airlines didn't like that. They said we already sold tickets telling them they were yeah. going to leave at 130. And said, now you're telling us to delay it on purpose to, for two o'clock. And I told them, I said, look, delay it till two o'clock. These people, even if they complain, they're going to have an epiphany when they see what's outside the window at the moment of total eclipse. And uh, a lot of people, they, 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 when we came down, a lot of people were thanking. Uh, oh, us. Joe, it, it, like, <laughs> can, can I get a quick question to you that I've been dying to know this? That for the passengers on that plane, okay, so they're making, they're, they're, making a special trip to give people this unbelievable view of a solar eclipse from the air, right? Did you have people on that flight who, who didn't know that was going to be part of their flight? Everyone. Who were just heading to Honolulu? No, Lonnie, nobody, nobody on, everybody was gathered at the gate. Uh, and a lot of these people, like, remember, this is Anchorage, Alaska. And a lot of these I know. people, this was kind of like on spring break. They were getting ready to go to Honolulu and spend a week there. Right just to get out into the sun and the warm weather or anything. Nobody, except for about a dozen other people, a dozen of my Eclipse pa- chasing buddies, yeah. I said, hey, guess guess what? Guess what I coerced Alaska Airlines to do? Oh, my God, you did that? And immediately they bought tickets to be on that flight. But most of the other 150, 160 people on that flight had no just clue that there was going to be. And, they, and uh, Captain uh, Hal Anderson uh, stepped up to uh, the podium at the gate and he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be your captain on this flight. I'm Captain Anderson. Normally, when a captain uh, speaks to you before the flight gets off the ground, it's usually bad news. He said, but this is going to be good news. And to tell you what the good news is about, I'd like to present to you. And he, he handed the microphone over to me. And I said, I said, you know, other airlines just offer you an in-flight movie. We're going to go far better than that. We're going to give oh. you a chance to see something that you may never see again. A total eclipse of the sun, and a lot of people. If you remember the the, the package, a lot of people started applauding. And, they were ju- uh, and, and you were you were jumping up and down. You, you were uh, it was great. Your enthusiasm was priceless. I thought. Oh, you'll see so that. You'll what, see that on, on on the on the cruise. You'll see you'll see a raving maniac. <laughs> Joe Dallin. Come on, hey, hey, listen. When I did the, the eclipse, the partial eclipse uh, coverage with you, it, it's exciting enough right there. What will we get? How many minutes of totality will we get in Antarctica? Is this is it going to be a, a, a real prolonged event? A minute, one minute, and about fifty seconds. It's okay. not uh, it's not your longest total eclipse, but no. I, I must I must tell you that uh, in the final oh, minute or two, uh, as we move into the uh, final phases before total eclipse, 
it can actually, and you understand why, and you'll, when you experience it, you'll understand why the ancients were frightened out of their gourd. They thought of the course. world was coming to an end. The sky gets dark very quickly. Yep. The shadow mm-hmm. comes in, but also the, 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 again, because of the fact that the, the, the lighting is being caused by uh, the sun's uh, chromosphere, which is a kind of a hydrogen alpha reddish ruby color. The clouds start yeah. turning kind of a saffron oh, color. Yeah. Uh, or a uh, it's 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 an awesome spectacle. And um, a good friend of mine uh, always says the same thing. No matter how long it is, whether it's five seconds, a minute, or even six minutes, all total yeah. eclipses last eight seconds because that's how long it takes. Uh, that how it seems because well, you're just yeah. you're just blown away by the whole. The whole thing. By the way, and you know, you were talking. I'm sorry, I was going to say, Joe. About the cor- go ahead, Lonnie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, uh, uh, Joe, I, this is uh, you can. This is your show, gentlemen. I, but I'm just taken by this whole topic. Uh, Joe knows. I, Joe Rayo knows. I've got a big love for this sort of thing. But you talk about being down in, in Antarctica and how this time of the year, which is going to be summer in Antarctica, and they they have a pretty persistent, you know, uh, cloud cover. But if it's if Joe, if fingers crossed. If it's a high, thin cloud cover, sometimes it can almost work to our advantage because the the corona gets muted enough. You can almost take a look at it without putting your paper uh, oh, well, during the, lens during, glasses during on. totality. During totality, Lonnie, the glasses come yeah. off. You can look directly at the sun. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if we do have high clouds, and this happened to me once in 1979 in Montana, we had a solar halo around the sun and as the sun was moving into totality the flail the halo flashed kind of a red color uh the again the the uh, uh spectrum of the of the outer layers of the sun reflected off of the solar halo so instead of seeing the normal uh, rainbow type colors all of a sudden it just went red and then it disappeared and we had the and then we had the uh, corona it is it is i i i I'm trying to describe this as best I can, but yeah. it can't be. It cannot be described. I can. I can tell yeah. you if you have seen, and we've all seen beautiful sunsets before. We've all experienced severe weather in the form of thunderstorms, which have been dramatic with lightning and thunder and thing. And I can say it's it's like that, or it's like that. It's not like that. This is this. Uh, the event stands alone. You have to experience it, and once you do, the first words out of your mouth after it is all. I got to do it again. I got to do it again. And this happens yeah. over. And this is why so many of us, I've only seen, he says, I've only, I've only seen 12, which 50 years ago would have been an incredible number. But in the last 50 years, traveling to these things is like people who travel up to Norway or Iceland to see the Northern Lights. So yeah. there are eclipse, there are eclipse chasing tours now. And so all of these people, there are people out there who have seen 20, 25, I, I, I went to I was I grew up in the Bronx with a friend of mine, Glenn Schneider, who's now Dr. Glenn Schneider, a, an astronomer in Arizona who holds the record. He has traveled. He told me back in the early 70s he was going to see every total eclipse of the sun for the rest of his life. And he has almost done that. He couldn't go last year because oh. of COVID, but he has seen 35 total eclipses, 35. He is in the Guinness wow. Book of Records now. He has he has spent more time in the shadow of the moon than anybody living on the earth. And I'm proud to say I knew this guy when he was, when we were both teenagers. Right. And we actually led a couple of, we were, we went and to Colum- we went to Columbia, South America, two kids, <laughs> 21, 21 and 22. And we led a tour to South America to see a total eclipse of the sun. It turned out to be a total disaster because 
you know, we just, we didn't know the language and we ran into a lot of problems mm -hmm. thing. But I mean, like from that, from th those beginnings, here we are now all these years later as uh, as eclipse chasers joe uh well i was going to say before and timothy veltman mentioned this on the chat board maybe you'll get lucky there'll be a slow you know a, a a nice decent solar flare and you wind up seeing maybe an aurora australis uh, uh no no that would joe believe it or not, well believe it or not uh unless we're extremely lucky during totality and have clear weather Otherwise, more often. Well, no, no, but I, I, I'm not weeks. saying I'm not, say, I'm not saying necessarily on the uh, you know when the eclipse is going on, but maybe in that voyage because you're going to be so far south. No. La uh, latitude-wise. No. no. No, that's yeah. the problem, Joe, because we're going to be near the Antarctic Circle, and in fact, on one day, I think it's going to be. I calculated this for the cruise line already. December the eighth, we will have the midnight sun, 24 hours of oh, okay. sun. And uh, even at the oh, even, that's right. We're we're gonna have yeah. any we're gonna have at the at the very least we're gonna have like sixteen or seventeen hours of daylight. And even when it gets when the sun goes below the horizon, it's never gonna get fully dark. There's always gonna be a bit yeah. of twilight. Um, and uh, it's so not not this time, not this go around. We'll, even even Jody, even did, in did the passage you? before you get to the Antarctic Circle. Oh yeah, well we're, we're gonna be leaving from a place in. This, uh, Chile at the very bottom right. of South America called Punta Arenas. And from Punta Arenas, the sun is up for about 16 hours and, you, and it never gets totally dark. There okay. Either. All right. Well, that was just a Joe, thought. Did you, the other night, Joe, we were talking about uh, the possibility of seeing the aurora here in our area. Did you, I went out looking and where I was, I, I saw nothing. Did you, did you get a chance to see any of it? One of the uh, one of my friends, who is a very assiduous amateur astronomer from the Catskills, was able to photograph it. He said he was able, to, and it was like a red dome over the northern horizon, and he wasn't mm. able to see it visually, but he but he was able to capture it with uh, with uh, with his uh, camera with uh, with his exposure. And actually, on the uh, website spaceweather.com, there was a report, believe it or not, from one of the mountainous areas just outside of Los Angeles, Los Angeles where there were uh, a report that they actually saw the aurora from from there that far south but wow, that uh, seems that seems bizarre you but, but you've seen them in 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 the northeast right? I mean, you've seen them in our area oh yes we've we've had we've had on occasion in fact joe may remember back in 1989 cuz i was filling in one weekend at news 12 long island and i had alerted uh, i had alerted the uh, the uh, viewers that there's a chance that on sunday night this was in March of 1979. We might see the Aurora Borealis because it was a huge flare on the much larger than mm -hmm. than normal. And uh, it, up until about, oh, I'd say 10 or 11 o'clock on Sunday, there was nothing. And I said, well, that happens sometimes. You think that you're going to yeah. get it, but you don't get it. 1.30 in the morning, our phone rings, and it was an acquaintance. I'm not saying it's a friend. It was somebody I knew through astronomy who was in uh, New Jersey, I think uh, near Boonton, New Jersey. And he says, I'm not sure, but I think I'm seeing the Aurora Borealis right now. And I, at first I said, well, you're crazy. You're in New Jersey, light pollution and everything else. He said, well, you, you might want to check. So we were living in Levittown, Long Island at the time. And our window was right behind the, the head post of our bed. We raised the window, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Venetian blinds. Blind. And, and Bernardo is looking out the window. He says, I think I see something down there, some green, but I'm not sure. So I went over and I called a friend of mine who was in 
uh, North Merrick to tell him. Now, I'm talking to him in my kitchen, and all of a sudden, as I'm talking to him, I hear his wife on the, on the, uh, in the background screaming, Sam, 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 look at that. And at the same time that she's yelling, Renata in our bedroom is yelling, Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> and I ran into the bedroom, and I see just her silhouette against a solid sheet of green. And wow. apparently the Aurora just blew up like, a, like an atomic bomb in the north. So we quickly, we threw on our jackets and our, our shoes. We ran onto our backyard, and it was incredible. We looked up, and except for the far southern part of the horizon, everywhere else in the sky was, was green, yellow, red, and, brick red, yeah, and, and, and rays, curtains. And yeah. I couldn't believe this. It was the most and they're kind of. And they're kind of dancing, you know? I mean, they're dancing uh, and moving every which way. It was unbelievable. Uh, and that flare, while we were watching that aurora, that flare was so potent and so powerful oh. that it, it tripped it tripped the uh, the generators in at Hydro-Quebec up in Canada. Yeah. And the whole province of Quebec was knocked out of power for nine hours. That's how potent this flare was. Yeah. And, and they saw this aurora... All the way down into Texas, the, the fire department in Amarillo, they saw the red glow in the northern part of the sky. They thought it was some kind of a fire that was going on. All of them piled into the, their fire trucks and started going north toward the red glow. <laughs> and they were like 30 miles out of town before somebody finally <laughs> called them on the radio and said, get turned, come yeah. back. That's not, it's the Aurora Borealis. If you get lucky sometimes, if you go up, if you're up near Lake Ontario uh, and way up in upstate New York, uh, there've been yep. some. I have a, a I have a, a a fishing friend who uh, is an amateur photographer, and he lives up there. And he he uh, he sees these. He's got some great pictures of uh, of the aurora there. It, it looks like the 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 sky's on fire. I mean, it's just really brilliant. You know, sometimes some brilliant displays that uh, that he's he's seen over the years. And he watches this show, Shane Mucky. Talking about you, Shane. Hey, Shane. <laughs> exactly. Hello, Shane. <laughs> Quite the salmon yeah, fisherman, look, it's by on, the way. It's on my bucket list. I, I want to take the actual trip to Norway. Uh, I was told it was some great viewing up there when they're when they're at uh, when they are at play, but thus far, never. It has never happened in my life. But well, uh, hey, Jim, I'm going. I'm going to Antarctica. Yes, yeah. and we'll make sure you and take lots of pictures. Time. Yeah. Take a yeah. deep breath and take lots of pictures. I watch, um, uh, I got BBC America, so on Saturdays they usually do 24 hours of David Attenborough, and they've got a whole sequence of planet Earth on the oceans and, they, and also on the polar regions. So when they do Antarctica, it's, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's mind-blowing how, how, uh, how beautiful it is, how, how eerie it is uh, with the uh, ice and yeah. snow, the wildlife. Uh, the whales, whales have made a big comeback. And You'll probably I have see a feeling, them, Lonnie. Lonnie, I have a feeling we, we're going to we're going to make a moment of nature on Sunday morning with just these That's things what, that we're going to potentially see. No, that we know of. That's for certain. They've already said they they know they want that, Joe. the The question is, they're looking to see if we happen to find one of those little stories embedded within the big trip, you know, uh, and and put something together for them. I'd love to to get something that airs on Sunday morning. I, I have not just, boy, I just love that show. I, we're not going to this area of Antarctica, but I, I read, I just recently read a book called Vostok about Lake Vostok in, in Antarctica. Uh, 
huge freshwater lake. We didn't even know it was there until I think it was the 1980s, I believe. And uh, some Russian explorers sort of found it. It's like under over a mile of ice. And you, you have this freshwater lake. When they finally found the mouth of, this, of, of the water uh, that, that comes from this lake, they found species they'd never seen before. Yeah. And it's all, all in Antarctica. Yeah, there's still a lot of stuff that they, you know, that they they don't know about with with regards to uh, uh, in, in the oceans and 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 some of it is just like it's yeah. mind blowing what what they have found in recent years and new species that they find yeah. all the time that they didn't know existed before. So um, it will be quite well, check, an, quite an adventure. Out. I think so too, Joe. That whole thing about about Lake Vostok when the when the Russians found it, they went out there with all this drilling equipment. And they were drilling a hole about five feet wide. They had to go through about a mile of ice to get down to the lake itself. And then they were going to, like, through this, this hole on kind of like an entire mile-long luge run, they were going to drop a manned submersible to go see what was down there. But before they did that, Greenpeace got out there and just said, no, this is virgin territory. You, you can't put – no, absolutely not. And they just – they blocked the whole thing and – and, and somehow they ended up finding their way to the lake through the mouth of the river that fed, fed that came from the lake into the ocean. But it's just a fascinating, fascinating place, I think. I'm, uh, hey, Lonnie, I'm, uh, I'm, this, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I was just going to tell Lonnie, I'm watching the clock with you because it's 845. I just wanted to let yeah. you know. All right. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a tie on here in the next 14 minutes. It's going to be great. Okay. <laughs> I, I got to I just, I just want to tell I just want to say one thing. Lonnie, are you still bringing Nate along with you or? Well, listen, if we, if we can get – it all comes down right now, Joe. Look, we've got the approval. Everything's good to go. Oh, here we go. It's the Joe and Joe weather show. Joe? Look at this. Hi. Here we go. Well, so here's the deal. Who is that? Here's the deal. Um, we, are, we are in – we have been given approval. So now it's all about getting uh, – look, we can get approved, Joe, and if we don't get all of the approvals from the Chilean government, the whole thing gets squelched. So – um, where are you in your process, Joe Rayo? Have you been approved by the government yet? It's a two-week pro uh, process, Lonnie. Uh, we we finally got it, got all the paperwork in to Chile last uh, Monday, I believe. Okay. So now it's going to be waiting on them and waiting to get approval from them, which again takes about two weeks. And today I got an eight-page oh. form that I have to fill out, and <laughs> I have to get it. And after I fill it all out, and Renata has to fill hers out as well. And we're still waiting for her to get hers. We have to go to our doctor, our physician, have him stamp it or sign it or whatever, and then I have to send it back to uh, to the uh, cruise line to pawn it. It's yep. it's a pain in the you know it's a pain in the tuchus, but uh, hopefully it'll all work out, and hopefully it'll all be worth it yep. when uh, when this all comes comes to pass. So, Lonnie, a few yep. people yeah, are curious. A few people are curious. Um, on the on the uh, on the chat board tonight, so I'm going to just ask mm -hmm. in general. So we have, you know, of course, the f the uh, fun of winter is coming soon enough, and yeah, you know, I I, I don't know what kind of conversations you have over in your in, in the weather office regarding the long range. I I you know, okay. I always think yeah. of, in terms of the long range for me. I've never really been able to wrap my head around it. So, you know, when I talk, you know, I talk yeah. about long, long range. So I, no, any, I, you know, any conversations you want to share and then. Sure. Oh, look, I, I'm on board with exactly what you're referring to. The, the long range, 
I kind of take them, I kind of leave them because for every long range trend that we can look at, I can show you exceptions to it. Um, okay, so we've got, uh, we have, you know, El Nino strong, we have La Nina. We, there's always going to be the op. I can always show you something where the rule doesn't right. hold true. Right. What I see, what I see right now, what I see right now for this winter, um, and uh, listen, I'm talking with some great weather minds right now, so I'd love to hear what you guys think. But it, right now, what I see is temperatures maybe a little bit above normal, right? Uh, precipitation, so it looks like precipitation wise, precipitation wise could be a little bit above normal. But with the temperatures being above normal, are we going to end up with one of these like, you know, February's where you're getting that that driving rain and it's 44 degrees outside, which is my least favorite winter of all types. Um, and I certainly believe, I certainly believe guys, we're going to get, we, we will get a time where you get the cold snap and where you get the moisture at the same time. And I, and I think you could certainly get a big storm out of it. I just don't see the two holding true for a real long run. I don't see that, that eight week span of cold temperatures where any day could give you snow. I don't see that. Okay. Um, I, I will, I've, I've, um, the, I, I'm not big on going much beyond like the three or four week period. Uh, but I've been kind of thinking mm -hmm. on the idea that we're going to this, that we're going to be uh, front end loaded on, on this winter. Uh, and uh, that, uh, you know, as we get into December, I think we're going to have some opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at some of the guides over the last couple of days as it gets, you know, every day gets us one day closer. And especially uh, yesterday and today, uh, I, um, you know, I've been arguing the fact that you know everybody gets into the blocking thing, okay? And that's way, mm -hmm. over, you know, it's always way overstated. It's too volatile, and I can point to numerous examples of when you have, uh, when you have that negative NAO, or if you've got a blocking pattern, where if it's in the wrong place, if it's in the wrong spot, uh, it winds up mm -hmm. causing, you know, you don't get what you want. If it's too strong. Uh, all the storms go to the south, and, and you get snows across the mid mid South Atlantic states. Uh, if if uh, uh, the, the most important thing is the uh, East Pacific Oscillation, in my my view, and <clears throat> that has been um, in the wrong position for much of September and for the month of October, which is fine. Those are who cares months. But I'm seeing now that the EPO is looking at some of the <clears throat> on the ensembles and a few other things. Uh, it it looks like that the EPO is going to go negative and stay negative for a while, starting around mid month and, and and taking us at least into the first part of December. So I'm thinking I'm thinking we got a shot for a front end loaded winter. And I think we're going to probably see if, uh, some stuff happening in December. Uh, after that, you know, yeah. who knows. Uh, really, who probably, knows? Yeah. Probably will have a probably will have a big snowstorm just when we're all trying to come back. <laughs> <laughs> right, Joe? No, yeah. my hey, look, yeah, Lonnie, you have to. We have to. We have to let you go, Lonnie, because I know you're coming up on nine o'clock. Yeah, on your I, show. I, I do. I, I will tell you, and I don't know if you know this meteorologist friend of mine, George Cullen, worked in town. George, for a long George, time. I know George. George and I, when I left WCBS uh, in 1979, George took my took my place. Because I went to the Today Show, Didn't I was really. still in college. George, George, and I have been friends for for forty years. Yeah, and and I and I just listen. I 
I love Georgie and I've been dear, dear friends as well. Um, but he had, he has an interesting thing about your front loaded winter. He's always said, Lonnie, because you know, George is one half fantastic meteorologist, one half climatologist. And he would tell me, Lonnie, December 11th, that's the date. If you pick up six inches of snow by December 11th in Central Park, the winter's a bust. <laughs> the win oh, okay, I and see. I see, but he, okay. Yeah, he, so you probably would look yeah, back at winters in in um, in November where we've had uh, accumulating snows in November and early December. So right. anything right. <clears throat> anything of size before December 11th yeah. is George's number. Yeah. Okay, actually, I think that makes George's, George's that number, makes sense. But, but check this out and check this out. So here I am. I'm a little bit of a skeptic on the whole thing. I go and I check it out, and he, I'm telling you. Lonnie, did uh, you shut your camera he's, off? He's like, oh, wait, wait a second. Hang on here. One second. Hang on. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, did I? Yes, you did. There you go. Okay. Uh, there we go. There hey, go. all I'll tell you is that I went back and I, and I checked uh, I checked out uh, overall Georgie's numbers, and he's like 90% right. Uh, he He's a guy that I – Man, I'll tell you, I come up with my forecast. I used to talk with George because I was working local. He was working network. And I put my forecast together and I go talk to Georgie. And if he was on a different page, I'm telling you, nine, nine out of 10 times, I'd rethink it. I'm going, well, George, George, I and I, that much <clears throat> George and I are both degenerate horse racing fans. So, <laughs> no, we went to, um, we met up at the Breeders' Cup. I forgot what year it was. It was at Monmouth Park. It was probably back sometime in the early 2000s, I think. And uh, we had a lot of fun. George is a good guy. I, I, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Gentlemen, you know that I love you both, but I got to get this tie and get my suit on. Right, get get, your, out there. get so, your tie on. Don't tie the knot too tight, okay? And roll your sleeves. No, no. You know, roll your sleeves back there. Yeah, I got to bring this. <clears throat> And Lonnie, oh, yeah. anytime, anytime you want, just shoot me in. You know, when you want to come on, just let me know. Okay. I would, I would love it, guys. Hey, kudos to you both. I, Thank I'm you for being fans. here. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for Thank being you here. You guys, we'll see you now. You bet, you guys. Okay. Bye. Well, that was a nice surprise. It's about it time was. he came on this show, for God's sake. <laughs> And now we'll try to we'll try to get Nick Gregory and uh, Joe Witty and uh, well, you, Joe, you know what you know what'll happen. You know what'll happen. I, I, I'm being serious about this. You know what'll happen. Somebody will see it. You know, if 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 if, if those guys want to come on, which they all they all can come on anytime they want. Um, but now they'll go. They could go there and say, well, you know, Channel Two, let Lonnie Quinn go on, and uh, you'll see. We'll see how whether that 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 causes them to move. By the way, in reference to what I was saying, I want to bring up the chart because a few people are itching with regards to this. So, like, thanks to Fled Weather, by the way. Uh, thank you, Fled. Oh, and James Gregorio, by the way. Nice to see you on the chat board. James from uh, News 12, New oh, Jersey. News 12? Yes, he was, oh, on, he was goodness. watching this. So, uh, I, hope, I, I, I helped James get into uh, – he, he actually was filling in at times at News 12 Westchester. And that helped him get to the full-time position he eventually got at News 12 New Jersey. And I haven't, I haven't talked to him or interacted with him in a long, long time. Now, he, he might even be interested in coming on, Joe. James, was, it, James? Jay, Jimmy can come on anytime he wants. Jimmy was one of my interns at, uh, at News 12. 
So, and he he so land he landed on his feet big time. So good. Yeah. For, I'm, I'm really happy for. Him. So I was always happy for him, um, and still am because he's still working. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let me see if I can ever get this chart up. So uh, this is the East Pacific Oscillation, Joe, and uh, the line to look at is the green line because that's the ensembles. All right. Uh, the uh, blue line is the control run. So in other words, they with control runs, what they do is they minimize the number of variables. They keep certain things constant. It's really technical. And frankly, 99 times out of 100, you'll hear people say, oh, but the control run shows 10 feet of snow in New York City. I promise you, the control run's never right. Uh, so we'll focus on the ensembles, which are the green. And they're about to go negative around the 15th of the month. And you'll notice, and this goes into the uh, first part of December, uh, we're going to have a negative, a negative EPO uh, basically straddling about one standard deviation uh, from the mean, uh, times a little bit less than that, but we don't seem to get much more than that. But that's enough, a minus one EPO uh, for probably a good two or three weeks at the ensemble. So that takes us into uh, the first of the week or 10 days of the month of December. Uh, also. Uh, just to show you, the NAO, a lot of volatility in the model runs. You got today, we go back to the neutral line, plus or minus a little bit, and then they start to trend a little more negative as we get toward the, the 16th of November. So the NAO seems to be following along the same course. And that that would be, for winter weather lovers, that's a plus. And the PNA, models are split, some positive, some negative. So we'll have to see how that part of the equation resolves itself. But you know, uh, the EPO to me is the most important. That's going negative, which means that it, it will, we'll start to see cold. You know, you're going to see cold air gradually spreading out across Canada. And I think the upper air, just real quick, uh, I'll show you. This is from the, uh, the 12Z run of the upper air. And uh, the uh, trough in the east that's going through now pulls out on uh, Sunday. And then, of course, you know, we get this ridge, but as we move through time, you're going to see the trough come back into the east. But more importantly, you've got blocking developing up in the North Atlantic into Greenland toward the end of the forecast period. Uh, the Europeans, not that different. Uh, you've got a nice flow coming down from northwest Canada into the northeastern part of the United States in the long range. And it looks like ridge in the west, troughing in the east. Uh, so it, it, it seems like we're going into you know, a colder scheme for the second half of November. Now, remember, folks, it's early. Uh, but uh, right now, we should just be looking at how the, these patterns evolve. But if I'm going to argue for the idea of a front-end loaded winter, uh, I would be happy to see the um, uh, what I'm seeing with respect to uh, what the models are showing. Okay. Oh, the, uh Climate Prediction Center, Joe, uh, on their experimental three to four week outlook has uh, above normal temperatures, believe it or not, in a good part of the Northeast, right into, I think, the 4th of December, as they, they go all the way out that far. Um, and, you know, we've been we've been talking about how these uh, periodic shots of colder weather has, uh, you know, will be moving on through. Case in point, we're going through right now. And maybe even a colder stretch might be coming our way. Uh, as we move into uh, next weekend and 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 the and the week following that, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, the so the process seems to be underway. 
so I think for the next three weeks, it's going to be, you know, basically watching the evolution of all of this and uh, see where we wind up when we get into the month of December. But I think I think from what I've been but what I've been seeing and I wrote about this a couple of days ago on my subscription site. Uh, but uh, from what I've been seeing, uh, you know, the uh, the players, the puzzle pieces seem to be lining up in in um, in that direction. And I just saw a quick question about the polar vortex. Interestingly enough, uh, the uh, let me let me take a look at the new run. I, I, I haven't I haven't looked at uh, the the 18Z on the uh, on the PV here. I mean, it does look like it has been doing it. it actually, it looks like it may may have may, may strengthened a little bit, but it's still kind of stretched from. Uh, Siberia on one side, into North America with a center in northern Greenland, northernmost Canada. You know, and it's hard to tell. But then, it, then it actually weakens a bit. Let me see. Is that weakening? Yeah, you know, that's kind of funny, Joe. The polar vortex sort of strengthens a little bit, and then it weakens as it moves um, to the east shores of Greenland. Uh, it's a very weak-looking polar vortex as we get toward the— uh, uh, toy around November, you know, November twentieth, twenty first. That's not a, you know, you kind of want that if you're a winter weather lover. You want the polar vortex to be re weak and and stretched out and not wrapped up like a tight little ball ball over the Arctic region. And that, and it does look like it wants to stay weak. Well, um, after as I've been saying all along, after you get past five or six days. Because a lot of times after five or six days, what you what you see on the upper air maps, especially for day 10, day 12, day 15, right. it, it totally changes after just a couple of days. It, it, it's something that you weren't expecting just two or three days ago. But I think I think we're in for some uh, some some activity, I think, as we move through the middle and latter part of the month. And uh, we, of course, Joe, will be on top of it. Yes, from, we will. Because we're all we're always other. on top of it. And, yes. uh, of course, yes. uh, the Joe and Joe Weather Show. And uh, thanks to Lonnie Quinn for joining us tonight. Uh, the Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. 631-756-1125 is the uh, telephone number. And the website is omnitruevalue.com. Wholesale holiday lighting by Giannini. Your complete holiday lighting specialist, meeting all your decorating needs at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York. And their number is 631-957-5106. And the website is liholidaylighting.com. So uh, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock Eastern time. I know, Joe Maiano, you hit Super Chat tonight. Thank you so much. I, I, did, I saw it earlier, and I, I didn't get a chance to say thank you. And um, also... Uh, thanks everybody for being here and, and uh, hope you enjoyed the show tonight. It was a nice surprise to have Lonnie on and he's got the open invitation so he can come anytime he likes. I'm sure he'll be coming. And I, what I'd like to see now again are some of the other guys that will finally uh, make an appearance on our show. It seemed to me like, you know, we would extend the invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe Lonnie finally broke the ice and maybe we'll see others come on as well. Well, let's hope so. This, um, uh, but since Lonnie was the first, the, the other people are going to have to pay the makeup fee, the hair fee, uh, the, the cheese platter fee. 
and all the rest of it. Well, you know, I, let's not let's not forget the people who have appeared on Joe and Joe over the uh, last couple of years. Um, Bill Corbell, for example, and uh, Bill Goodman, our friend at, and our connection over at the National Weather Service in New York City, right. actually out in Upton, New York, <clears throat> and Jim Witt and uh, Dr. Judith, Judith Cohen, who maybe you can you know entice to come on, Joe, and talk about uh, you know changes uh, in the upper level winds, the jet stream winds, as we move uh, forward into the winter season. Uh, I will try. All right. So everybody, we'll see you on Sunday at um, at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So everybody have a great Friday night and a great weekend. Nighty night. Oh, wait, one more Nighty super night. chat hit. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I got that. Uh, Barry Goldberg Barry just hit, Goldberg. Just hit yes. super chat. Okay. Thank you, Barry. Most appreciated. I know I got your message on Patreon. I'll get to it as soon as I can. So just bear with me. Have a great night. We'll see you on, see you on Sunday. Good night.